Hello, one and all. Welcome to another exciting episode of God the Austin Village. God damn it, Village. Greg. You got your wire in the spicy Cheetos. Well, Son you know who bitch. I am. I'm Greg, and joining me is... Ryan. Glenn. And John. I'm the asshole who just got the wire in the spicy Cheetos. It's not just spicy Cheetos. It's triple X. Flaming hot Cheetos. My favorite. Triple X? Triple X. Well, I mean, you're a thin diesel, so... Speaking of triple X... Yeah, speaking of triple X, you guys missed this. So, uh... <clears throat> I was recording video for uh, upcoming YouTube Oh, wait, YouTube where stuff. is this going? So, okay, well, here's the thing. I said, speaking of Triple X, and you said I was recording <clears throat> video. Well, you know what we were just talking about. So, I, I have my, my YouTube channel, Face for Radio, and uh, <clears throat> it's been a while since I posted a video, but since things were kind of opened up, we started filming stuff at different places. We took a trip a couple weeks back to Fountain Blue State Park, and we went to go eat beforehand, and Ovi and Anna came with us. <clears throat> and we, uh, we did some recording, but the night before, Heather and I had a conversation. And what happened was... <clears throat> it's hard to. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but how easy is it for you to roll over your partner in bed when they're asleep? What roll over them? Like, like you know, like to, to get them to. Oh, move. roll them over. Yeah. Oh. Um, right, let's let's the, what, is it hug and then release. The hug, the hug and roll. The, the, yeah, hug yeah, and roll. The, the, right, the boss. Uh, I'll just. Assist, I mean, maybe this is why I'm single. But uh, <clears throat> I ain't hugging somebody. While I fall asleep, like they're laying next to me, my arms not going to be underneath them while we go to sleep. Yeah. There's no fuck. I wouldn't be able to fall asleep. There's no way. I would lose blood flow. My arm would fall asleep, and I'd be fucking miserable. I couldn't. you don't know what you're missing. That's all I'm going to say. Second, we don't either. I mean, we, Karen and I, you know, we'll 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 kind of lay like that for a little while, but then after a little while, I'm like, all right, my arm's starting to hurt. Yeah, she's like, well, yeah, she's like, my ear's starting to hurt. Yeah, I mean, I'll like, okay. I would put my arm like the like around the front. Yeah. To where where I could move it, but I could not put an arm underneath her. No, it's uncomfortable. There's no way. <clears throat> I always think of was it that conversation that Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver had, and then you know if you lay that way, her her hair gets caught in his throat, and he chokes in the middle of the night. That's another problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't have that problem. The, the problem I have is that if I do want to move, she does not move. She's always like, "Why didn't you just move me?" And you can't move her. She's like a rock. Or maybe you're just weak. I'm not though. You must be. I can pick Ukraine. her up normally. She just apparently she has Ukraine. gravity altering power when <laughs> she's asleep. He's just like the Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> He's weak and feeble in bed. Can't move Heather. Well, but just, the so the thing is, I, I I was telling her like it, it might be more speed than strength. Just that's a good really yeah. fast. Like well, a, like a band aid. But I'm talking right like, like there's been times where I'm I'm up against the side. <laughs> she's of gonna the, go flying off the bed. <laughs> I'm up against the side of the bedpost, like kind of pinned, and I. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's things like that. And she's like, why didn't you just move me? And it's like, because when you shove, like, she doesn't go. Like, there's been times where I've, I've actually gotten to a point where I've rolled out of bed, and she's just actually grabbed me and pulled me back in well, in her sleep. What kind of weird shit y'all got going on in that bed? At any rate, I established that if I were to push her with the force needed to roll her over, she would probably fly off into the Ninja Turtles arcade machine and get a joystick up her ass. And that prompted a discussion about... So Go ahead. About video game related like sex toys, and it did this whole. We had made this whole shop that was video game based called the PlayStation. So you have a, a, a Ninja Turtle arcade game. That was her. Okay. She got me for Christmas. I just wanted to clarify that there is a Ninja Turtle arcade game. She yes, could fly she, into. she got me the arcade one up Ninja Turtles game for Christmas. So what kind of perverted games did y'all come up with? Well, we didn't really come up with perverted games. The next day, we when we were sitting with Ovi and Anna, we brought it up to them, and I recorded a little video which I couldn't post all of, but. <clears throat> we talked about different things. Well, the first thing is she loves her favorite system is the Nintendo sixty four. So we had Nintendo sixty four, and we could that could be the line of like outfits. The, and you should sell this bit to Kevin Smith, by the way. I probably should. What are some we can F F zero is a good one. What we could do with that? F zero. I'm, I'm curious. Glenn had a couple of good ones. Uh, yeah, well, I said the yeah. Sega Creamcast. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. Yeah. 
Or we could just call it the N69. Ooh, that would be the sex wing, right? Yeah, I've got some experience with that. Injuries, too. And yeah, not telling that story. <laughs> but um, I don't know, what other... What, I'm trying to think of some... All I keep thinking about is a pod racer. Would you eat it? Oh. <laughs> That's wizard. <laughs> That's so wizard, Annie. You need to, to think the of race, a, of course. Think of like a game character or, like, or series, and then like you know, riff off of Zelda. that. Go. <laughs> I never played oh, yeah. Zelda. Castlevania. What, what could we do with Castlevania? Oh, Simon Belmont. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean the, the the Castlevania line of like BDSM stuff. Oh, whips yeah. and, and shit. Whips and chains. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. That'd Rihanna be, would that, do that'd it. That'd be all kinds forward. of freaky stuff. Yeah. That'd be like that stuff you would see in Fantasia. Contra. <laughs> I feel like you could turn Mario Kart into something really perverted. You know, you could like, you know, spray some kind of lube behind the cart to make. We will sure never be sponsored by Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think Nintendo execs are listening to our podcast. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, Waluigi was into some freaky stuff. <laughs> Still is. <laughs> Who do you think was worse, Waluigi or Wario? As a, as a Wario person. is into Thank- autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't Waluigi just created for the tennis game or the golf game? It was one of them. It ha- I think it was the know. tennis. I, I think, think he's he's on the, the he, he's he's been in Mario Kart. Yeah, he's been at the game. Was created, but I think he, yeah, I think the tennis one was the first one he showed up. But I mean, in. Wario was created for, as a villain in the in one of the games. It was uh, six golden coins, the second Game Boy game. Yeah. So is he just a brother of Mario and no. Luigi? He's not. What is he? He's like a like, you know how on you know how, Darkwing uh, Duck they had Mega Duck. Yeah. He's kind of like a, an alternate well, version. You know, he's from the Mirror Universe from Star yeah. Trek. You know, where they all got the goatees. Okay. <clears throat> That's interesting. I never knew the the origin story of Wario. He's yeah. He's from the uh, you know Bizarro world. So there, there's two princesses too, right? There's. Daisy and, Daisy Peach. and Peach. Which one was Daisy Mario two? Is that? No, that's from the Game Boy. She was she was she was, a, she was in uh, Mario Land. So what? He just banged her on the side. I don't. Know. Was Daisy Mario's side chick? Apparently. Or was she for Luigi? I, mean, I guess in, in, in the in I the guess Bob Mario Hos- sampled first. And when then I say four, I mean in the Bob, Bob Hoskins yeah. film, Daisy was kind of with Luigi. <clears throat> mm-hmm. She was played by Samantha Mathis, who and, is yeah. still a fox. I think they should make a game where Peach has to rescue Mario. They should. That would be good. She mm. was the best one to use in Mario 2. She flew. Yeah, Mario 2 sucked, though. Well, that's because it wasn't originally Mario. I, I like, I well, Mario. it was I such like a... De- it, was, it was different. It, yeah. Because it was different. It was such a departure. Well, do you I know like why? Guys. Why? So, the original version of Mario 2 is called Super Mario Brothers: The Lost Levels here. <clears throat> because when it came out in Japan, they were worried that it was too hard for Americans. And I think like they were right. <laughs> poison mushrooms. I've played it. I, you can actually play it on your, your uh, Switch. I, I played it too on the um, the virtual store on the Wii. I think it was hard as hell. It, it's very hard. It's like, there's like poison mushrooms. There's like it, levels are long. It's just very difficult. So they needed to release a sequel to Mario. And so what they did is they took a game from Japan called Doki Doki Panic, and they just reskinned awesome. the characters with Mario characters. Huh. So yeah, they just kind of rushed it. So all the the characters in that game were just reskins from Doki Doki Panic. I love the useless information we have. I'm telling you. Yeah. As a collective, you can't beat our bullshit. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess um, we wanted to give a shout out now since we're kind of talking geek stuff. Yes. To um, Wild Bill Soda, <laughs> which if you've heard of any of our our episodes surrounding Comic Con, we love the, these cards. They're um, awesome. Well, I've never I been to Comic Con. What is this? Serverware set at this point. Silverware. Serverware. Wild Bill's they 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 have they put up a couple of different uh, booths that look like big wagons basically yeah. or you know rustic looking things, and um, they sell these 
Steins, and they have the you know they got the with the Comic Con logo on ones, single insulated ones, and, and the and double, double insulated one. ones. And um, when you buy them, they're like what twenty five, thirty bucks, something, something like that. Like, yeah, depending and then, on the one you get. And then like you get it, and it comes when you buy it. I believe it, it comes with a thing where you can all weekend at Comic Con go get it refilled as many times as you want. And they've got a thing on the it's like a self serve thing on the side of their uh, their little stand where it is five or six different drinks. I mean, there's yeah, there's a sarsaparilla, beer, Sioux City, nothing but the best grape. Orange. There's a grape one and orange. There's a cream soda. The, the orange one tastes like creamsicle. That's really good. So yeah. is this what this whole this whole guy's deal was just doing this? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's all I'll yeah, say. Yeah, he's a, um, apparently like, he's a he's a veteran because they said it's a veteran-owned business, and um, I mean they it looks like they go to comic cons all over the country because yeah. um, and because of COVID, all the comic cons have been canceled, so they opened up this online shop. So if you go to wildbillsoda.com, you'd be able to shop there. You can get Steins, you can get drinks, you can get little root beer candies, and Ooh. all kinds of uh, goodies. So I'm just gonna, I wanted to give a, a, a plug to Wild Bill Soda. Yeah, they're awesome. Because they're awesome. And uh, I mean, they got some cool ones. They got, I mean, Ace Comic Con, the, um, the St. Louis Comic Con, and they got like, it looks like he made one for Father's Day that said like number one dad and stuff like that so um, it, it's a cool play. And there's even one with the uh, Konami code on the side, on the side oh, of it. Oh, that's awesome. So, it's uh, it's pretty cool. So if you go to it's wildbillsoda.com, they're they're not that they the double barrel ones are like thirty bucks. So and then you can get like the um, I drink out of mine all the time. Yeah. yeah, they got like the mystery ones where you'll just go uh, you you know you'll pay for a double barrel one and you'll get just a random one from a comic con. So I mean that's kind of cool. Have yeah. you ever put yours in the freezer? I and haven't then filled it with beverage. No, it's I should. Great. And if you if you're gonna get one, get the double barrel one because it's it is a little more. But I mean, you drink it doesn't sweat anywhere on anything. No. You don't need a coaster. It's right. it's they're awesome. <clears throat> so, the wall. That's right. So, um, I love game shows. Me and me and Sandra watch them all the time. So um, this one, I think this is the second season for this one called The Wall. Uh, it's on NBC, I believe. Um, hosted by Chris Hardwick. It was created. It was created by um, was it Le- was it LeBron, LeBron James? LeBron James. Yeah, and this it's a lot of fun. It's um, it's a team of two people that know each other some kind of way. Um, the one we watched last night, it was um, these two guys. One of them was kind of a teacher, and the other one was a marine. And it was I don't know they'd known each other. Like one one was older than the other, and kind of was around as he was growing up. And um, they get to a, uh, there's this giant wall. And uh, Chris Hardwick's the the host. He's the one that hosts Talking Dead. If you're not familiar, and um, they have these. It's almost like a giant plinko board where they drop these uh, giant spheres down this wall, and it goes into different monetary amounts. And then it gets to the point where they drop the balls, and when they drop the the spheres, they ask a trivia question, and if they get it right, whatever amount the the spheres land in, they they get. But if they get it wrong, they get that subtracted from what is in their bank. And then at one point they split them up. One goes in the back to answer trivia questions. And again, if they get it right, they get the money. If they get it wrong, the money comes off. And that person, <coughs> having no idea how much money that they have in the bank, gets an offer, kind of like a deal or no deal sort of thing. And they have to decide whether to rip it up or take it. It's a, it's a really fun show. And Chris Hardwick, he's just so damn likable. Um, so yeah. I'll, I'll, it's, it's a fun game show. Uh, if you're looking for some mindless entertainment, I would recommend it. NBC. <laughs> <clears throat> Quiz. 
that's another one that 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 uh, that we watched. Uh, this is a AMC miniseries. I believe that it was a BBC show that was brought over to um, to uh, AMC. Um, it uh, takes place in two thousand one, and it's kind of about space the, odyssey. <laughs> that's right. No, no, but this is um. It, so it's about this family kind of that um, in 2001 they come up with a way to cheat to win the British version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, um, and it kind of goes through. It starts with the court case. Um, you know, they're making the opening arguments in the first episode, and then it flashes back to the two producers that kind of came up with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire because it started in, in in the UK, and like they them just sort of. Coming up with the idea for the for the show and how like one of them pretty much mortgaged his house because he believed in the idea so much and then it you know exploded it started playing all over the world and wait so it he, started in the UK yeah I it started in India millionaire but um anyway the uh, so it, it was just this giant phenomenon and um, this family uh, it, it all started with. Um, this this kind of struggling businessman and he wanted to go in there to win money to kind of get his business out of debt and he ended up getting on the show four times because if you remember the show when you would get there you had to do the little quick fingers game and uh to get into like the main chair to play and he could never you know win the the little trivia question to get on the show and eventually he did and he got thirty two thousand dollars and he he missed and did then, they show that on the American version? I don't think they did. Yeah, sometimes they do. It's, I mean, it's very quick. It's like one little trivia thing in the beginning, and it's like, yeah. hey, come on down kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, put these Disney movies in the order of release and go. And whoever gets it fastest is the one that huh. gets in the I don't chat. remember seeing that. Yeah, and um, so after he you know gets the $32,000 and loses, he ends up meeting these people, and it was like this whole underground community of these people trying to figure out tricks of you know the way to get on the show and... Um, and all kinds of this weird stuff. So he ends up getting his sister to go on the show. And she kind of does the same thing. She gets to $32,000 and leaves. And then it kind of gets interesting with her husband, who was a major in the British Army, gets on there. And they come up with this kind of very clever idea where they're kind of cheating it, where there's more than one person playing, where there's multiple people in the audience kind of giving them clues. And it's very interesting it stars Matthew McFadden which uh, he's in a lot of British stuff but um, kind of the scene stealer is um, Michael Sheen mm. he plays um, Chris uh, Ta- Tarrant Tarrant I think he was the host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in the UK for years but uh, he's he's pretty he, he steals a lot of scenes but this is very well done it's very interesting like it's only three episodes it, yeah so far yeah I think it's just it's a three episode <laughs> We watched the first two. The third episode comes on this week, I believe. AMC. So it's on AMC. I would highly recommend it. It's very, very cool. Cool. What about Amy Schumer learning how to cook? Yep, that's the other thing. I really can't believe you watched this. So I've seen a little bit of this. I didn't get to watch the entire episode. Did you really? We watched the whole thing. There's this this kind of trend that happens where I'll walk into a room and one of my, my, my parents will have something on the TV that I've not seen before. So I'll sit. So... As a result, I know more about 90 Day Fiance than I really care to, including um, some interesting things that have connected me to some people at work in quarantine. Um, 
there's this one dude on there who reminds me of Ram Man from the He-Man show. He kind of didn't have a neck. That's this guy, too. <laughs> You'll see him in a lot of memes, but yeah, he's... He, <coughs> I know who you're talking about. Got the weird hair and... Yeah, yeah and he, he's kind of got a beard. <clears throat> yeah, and there's this, this other guy that, like... And I still don't know what happened. I didn't see the episode that resolved it, but, like, he went to this country to meet this girl he had never seen on video chat or whatnot online to marry her and whatnot. Shows up at the train station to meet her, and she's not there. So what ensues is him trying to find this woman... And he hires this private investigator who tells him, more than likely, that the chances that I'm seeing from all the evidence I have here is that she's scamming you. And he fires the investigator because he doesn't know what they have. And I don't know how it got resolved, but it's a fucking train wreck. <laughs> but in the midst of all this, I've seen a little bit of, of Amy Schumer. Yeah, it's um, we, we watch a lot of Food Network in our house. Her, her husband's a chef, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 his name's Chris Fisher. He's actually won a James Beard Award. Oh, like, he's, uh, <clears throat> the fuck is a James Beard Award? It's kind of like awarded after James Beard. Yeah, it's it's an award for for chefs. It's like a Grammy. It's, or yeah, or an Oscar, but it's it's a it's a James Beard. It's that big of a deal. It's yeah, yeah it's a pretty big deal. But, like, um, like a Fields Medal. <laughs> yeah. so it's no they, Michelin star. The Fields Medal. The Fields Medal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I'll just go. I'll go get it. You can have it right now. This is about my medal, isn't it? Doctor <laughs> <laughs> Eric like, Selvig. You just sounded like selling stars, you know? Bored. <laughs> but um, anyway, which. Amy Schumer and Chris Fisher, they also made a documentary for that's going to be coming on HBO Max kind of about her pregnancy, too. So, um, I guess... I, that's got to be that's gonna be interesting, because I followed her on Instagram, and she didn't exactly have the most easiest-going pregnancy. And Chris Fisher, he's kind of an odd, an odd guy. Like, when we were watching it, he seems kind of dry, but then when I did some research about him, she, Amy Schumer in a recent interview actually said that he's autistic. Her husband? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I could see where that would make for a good chef because he's very like detail oriented. She they, she did it, her her latest like stand up comedy special, which she did when she was like six or seven months pregnant. Was uh, she talked about that a little bit in there? Yeah. yeah. But um, it's just the two of them when they uh, when the COVID thing hit and they went into quarantine. It looks like they rented some cabin or they knew somebody with a cabin because they're like kind of staying out in the woods by themselves. It's just the two of them, their nanny and their you know they have an infant baby named Jean. Which um, there's a funny joke in there, which I mean, they where they talked about the where they named their their child. Um, his when he was born, Chris Fisher, I think I think it was his mom had just recently passed away, and her name was Jean. So he really wanted to name the, their son Jean after his, his deceased mom. So Amy Schumer said, basically, that's fine, but I get to pick the middle name. And there's a comic by the name of Dave Attell that she mm-hmm. said was kind of her mentor when she was growing up so she wanted to name the middle name after him so she named the middle name she picked Atel and they did everything where they named it and then when they started saying the name they realized their son's name was Genital <laughs> so they had to go through the whole rigmarole of changing the middle name to Dave <laughs> but which I thought was kind of funny but this show it's the cooking the Food Network doesn't really have shows like this where it's like it is a cooking show you learn some fun recipes but it's also kind of a a weird Amy Schumer comedy, which if you you're a fan of her comedy, you're gonna like this. If you, if you can't stand her, which there are many people are, you're not gonna like this. It's on Food Network. It's on Food Network. It's um I think they've all played, so it's on the Food Network if you get it on demand. It I thought it was a lot of fun. There are a lot of little guest stars, like she calls Jennifer Lawrence at one point, and she FaceTimes Danny DeVito in another episode. I mean, it's just basic, as you do. 
It's just them killing time during this quarantine. And I wish I had the ability yeah, to FaceTime she, Danny was DeVito. She, uh, FaceTime and Danny DeVito so like he, she could get the recipe on how to make like those eggs with the little shallots, but only lightly browned. Uh, maybe. And then the strawberry frappes with, with two straws. With two, yeah, or, or maybe the um, the microwave lasagna with the extra cheese. That's right. From, from <laughs> like the key thing. I love nuked food. Yeah, the more right. cheese, the merrier. That's right. But it, it's, it's, it's fun. Like I said, it's kind of Food Network. Like They don't have a whole lot of shows like this where it's... I mean, you get recipes, but it's also a comedy show. You should bring so back Emerald. Bam! I used to love Emerald Live. <laughs> but, yeah, it's on. It's a go to Food Network on demand. You can catch these. Billions. Um, this is a show that I really want someone else to watch. It's uh, You know what? Uh, earlier I was telling these guys about this wrestling podcast to listen to, and in one of their discussions, they talk about both of them said that Billions is the best show on TV right now. It, it's like, it, it's a thing where, like, and I mean, especially with Homeland being off a show, it's like this show is the the best show no one's really talking about, yeah. and it's in season five now. And it reminds really? me, of, Jeez, it's been on that long. Yes, damn. You need to get with the program, Ryan. No, I don't have Showtime. We can take care of that. That I mean, that, that's probably one of the main reasons I don't watch it. Well, it's Paul Giamatti and Damian Lewis, and yeah, over he's okay. You, you you watch the show, you think he's more than okay. He it, it's like it's kind of crazy, but like the the past couple of seasons have been. Sort of their back and forth, and you know things have kind of switched around. But they this reminds me a lot of The Sopranos when they kind of broke up Carmela and Tony, and this season kind of starts similarly, where you know you see Chuck, he's kind of got into a position where he's decided to, after he and Axe worked together for a whole season to try to defeat another enemy, he's trying to get back on getting Axe for being responsible for everything, including the dissolution of his marriage because him and his wife were separated. And his wife is Maggie Sid, buddy. Mm-hmm. From uh, and the first episode, oh, she's dressed as a dominatrix. Yeah. So there you go. Well, that, that's that's pretty good. But yeah, <laughs> yeah she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck is now the 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 New York State Attorney General. So there's all this kind of back and forth with the governor and and, and him trying to. It's kind of funny because they reference Dexter and he talks about how he's done with doing like he he started his with justice and his his hunt against acts kind of corrupted him like Captain Ahab. And he's trying to find a way to kind of do things where he doesn't have to screw people over anymore. But it's he has to have rules like like Dexter because he's reading the, the the Dexter books. And he says I have to have rules like Harry put in place where there's a code, and it's got to all be in the service of justice. So it's been five episodes into it, and it's kind of uh, it's one of those shows where there's elements of Mad Men where like sometimes nothing will happen, but you can't look away. The dialogue is so. In, in the situations they put in, it's just like a Showtime show. They blow up the show every season. You don't know what they're going to do. With so, it. I mean, I know it's been five seasons, but just can you generalize what the fuck it's about to make people want to yeah, watch it? So basically, it is, this might not sound interesting, but I'm telling you, once you get into it, if you like Succession on HBO, think about that. But uh, basically, Paul Giamatti plays Chuck Rhodes, who is uh, at the time to- at the time we meet him at the beginning of the series, he's a New York attorney, state attorney, and basically. Uh, he does financial crimes, and Damian Lewis plays uh, Bobby Axelrod, who they call Axe. And That's he's, awesome. Name. Yeah, it really is. And he's the head of uh, of this like venture capital firm, and he invests people's money. He's just really good at it. And Axe is one of these guys who's like super, super cool, and you empathize with him on that level. But he's corrupt as all get out. And Chuck is kind of an asshole. But he's on the side of righteousness, so you kind of like. Like I just saw the first episode, and like Bobby Axelrod, he's like the billionaire that wears a Metallica shirt. Like okay. a t-shirt, like that kind of character. Yeah. And uh, kind of what happens is 
they start kind of going after each other mm-hmm. um, because basically his Chuck's wife works at Axe Capital as like their she's a psychi- psychiatrist or psychologist and she works as basically their their in-house psychologist HR person mm-hmm. who does all their uh, you know their motivation she keeps the team motivated including him They're, they've been friends for years so it's all about how he skirts the line with his personal life while trying to get Axe while Axe is trying to get him and it, it plays that way for a whole season, and then there's twists and turns, and okay. so many interesting. And the dialogue is friggin' it's Aaron Sorkin levels of kind of. I really want to start watching it. Okay, but yeah, definitely cool. watch it. Well, now we're moving on to movies, and there's a couple of things here that I've been very curious to talk about, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get to uh, first things first because I need to know. Ad Astra is a movie that Ryan has now seen. Now, the reason I'm excited about hearing about this is because friend of the show, Bruce Netterville, had, had seen it. He wasn't a fan. And was not a fan of it. So we have not gotten His daughter didn't like it either. Ryan's, yeah, so we haven't gotten Ryan's interpretation of it. So I'm kind of excited to see what Ryan thought. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm, glad, um, I'm glad Bruce was interested in this because I only watched it just because I needed something to watch. And I saw it premiere on HBO this past weekend. It's on HBO. Yeah, it just came on HBO this past weekend. So anyone who wants to check it out, it's on HBO. So uh, Brad Pitt p- plays this astronaut who... He's the shit. He is. Um, his father was sent out into space on what was called the Lima Project. And the goal was he was to go out to like Neptune and attempt to reach other solar systems and try to make contact with an alien species. That's basically what the mission was. Anyway, they lost contact with the the project, and he was presumed dead, as far as everyone knew. So Brad Pitt grows up to become an astronaut, and he uh, they end up pulling him in for uh, for a meeting, and they tell him that basically, well, one of his missions, he was on this like it was like an some kind of weird space antenna that was sort of like in the in the atmosphere. Sorry to interrupt you. Is this present day or is it in the future? They don't really specify. It's, it's the it's got to be the future. Okay. But anyway, he's in it's it's like some kind of weird space antenna thing. It's a huge thing. It's in space but like on the outer atmosphere, so there's like this weird surge of energy and shit starts exploding and he falls off the thing and falls into the atmosphere, but he's got a parachute because apparently they're not actually all the way into space. So when he gets down and they start investigating what happened, there was a giant surge of energy that came from the location of where the Lima project was supposed to be. And they don't understand what these surges of power are exactly, but it's starting to affect the fabric of the universe in some way or some shit is that. So they basically tell him that they think his father's alive and either knows what's going on or is responsible for it, but they want him to go out there and they want to send him on a secret mission to Mars where they have a base. Who plays his father? Tommy Lee Jones. Nice. And basically, all Brad Pitt knows is he's got to go on a secret mission to Mars, send out some kind of like special text message to his dad saying, Dad, it's, it's Brad Pitt. Hey. I don't care. <laughs> Why is the, the universe folding up and blowing up and shit? And that would be the response. Right? Yeah. I don't, I don't care. care. Yeah. So, um, and that's basically the story. He, he's on a, a mission to space to send a text message to Tommy Lee Jones. And the message says, hey, Dad, it's Brad Pitt. <laughs> Pretty much. Saying, hey, it's Brad. Uh, what's going on, man? Uh, it's, it's, it's your son, Brad Pitt. This shit's getting fucked up over here, man. But so here's the thing. There's lots of weird, like, sub-stories that happened on the way. Like, for example, at one point, they uh, 
their ship receives a distress call and Brad Pitt's like, hey, we can't, it, it's about the mission. Somebody else can go answer this distress call. And they're like, no, it's a Norwegian ship. Unless you want to disclose all the secrets about your mission to take control of the ship, we, we got to go see what this is about. They go investigate this distress call and the captain has to go on a spacewalk because the co-captain's afraid. And Brad Pitt goes with the captain on a spacewalk to go investigate this distress call. Norwegian, like, space, space <laughs> Yeah, like, I guess all these countries have spaceships that just fly around. And when they get on the ship, they can't find any people. So it's like the thing. Yeah, well, there's a bunch of fucking... And I'm maybe giving something away here, but I don't really care. There's a bunch of fucking wild baboons eating people. So the, the movie in has space? side missions? Yeah, like, I don't know if these were, like... Monkeys well, in space? This is this was like 10 minutes of the movie, that, of the plot, that had nothing to do with... They, they could have left it out, but it's just... It was weird. Like, all of a sudden, like, they're investigating you. It's, it's kind of so, tense. So, so Brad Pitt ran in, actually ran into some space monkeys? Uh, yeah. And one funny thing is a lot of the old, like, footage or the, the photos of Tommy Lee Jones and his spacesuit looked like it was from Space Cowboys. Probably it was. very may, well, well may have been. Um... But there's there's little things like that that detachments from the story that don't go anywhere, like they initially tell him he's got to go to mo- the moon, and from the moon he's going to go to Mars. But they're trying to do it secretly, and I guess there's like a terrorist group on the moon. I remember there being like kind of some backlash because one of the trailers was this whole action scene yeah. with moon rovers, yeah, shooting and, at him, and they were saying like that's not what the movie was that they were promoting. It was, like, it was this big action scene, yeah, and that's what happens. Like they get to the moon and they're trying to, they're on these little rovers to go to the shuttle, and these terrorists show up to try and stop them and start shooting at them with laser guns. And I'm like, what the fuck it's is the Moonraker? It's it's very it's a very uneven movie. Um. It starts off, it is very slow. Unlike Moonraker, which is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's very slow, but in comparing it to movies like Solaris with George Clooney, which put me to sleep, um, it, it wasn't that bad. Um, I thought Brad Pitt gave a very good performance in it. Um, recommending it? I'm on the fence. I'd probably go about a 5.5. And I'm siding towards slightly recommending because the... Visual effects and the sound effects are really, really cool. They did a good job with the sound effects. Um, it, they did a good job with the whole silence in space versus when there's actually explosions and stuff. So they did a great job with that. But the the story is just very, I don't know, like there's not much really to it. When you finally get to the end of the movie, it's like, oh, that, that was it? Okay, well. on with. I mean, it, luckily it's not too long. It's like just under two hours, I think, so. Again, it's, I'm on the fence with it at 5.5. I mean, I don't know, I'm not, not going to give it a glowing review saying you got to go out and see it, but I'm not going to say it's the worst thing I've seen. And it was apparently directed by that guy that did another movie that you really liked, The Lost City of Z. That was a good movie, but that was really long. Okay, the same filmmaker. Empty your mind, be formless, shapeless like water. Now you put water in a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes a teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. Or be like water making its way through cracks. Do not be assertive, but adjust to the object, and you shall find a way around or through it. If nothing within you stays rigid, outward things will disclose themselves. Empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Did you know that that was that he I, said I that? I know that. I know that because my friend Jamal is a massive Bruce Lee fan and loves that quote, and we would talk about it all the time. So when you said be water, I knew immediately before you even said it was about Bruce yeah. Lee. That yes, yeah, that you've watched this documentary, this thirty for thirty. Thirty for thirty, ESPN, B Water about Bruce Lee. Um, 
I wasn't a fan of this this movie. Um, it's well made. I just I'm not a fan of the documentary style where, like, they talk to a bunch of actors and his wife and everything, but they don't show them giving interviews. It's just sound bites over like photos of Bruce Lee and images of Bruce Lee and stuff. And it's just I don't know. There's something about it made me feel like I was going through an old photo album, and it was just kind of boring and stuff. And you know they. It, it was fascinating to see his his journey, I guess. Um, and again, if you don't mind that type of filmmaking, you may like this movie because it's very well made. I just didn't like that style of the way they did it. Um, but it's pretty interesting seeing about how he overcame certain elements of unbelievable racism for the American cinema to become the star. I mean, people. I don't think people realize that he, the star he became was not who he was when he died. Like all his big American films came out after he died. Like they were all made in in China and stuff, in Hong Kong. But um, like Enter the Dragon, it, it's kind of eerie. Enter the Dragon was gonna be his big movie in the Ameri- in the United States to make him a huge star, and he died before it came out, and what his son's big movie to make him a star was The Crow, and he died, and before, he died it before it came out. Wow. Creepy as shit. They don't even really talk about Brandon Lee, but um, again, I just didn't like the way it was, the stylized way it was made, but I mean, Bruce Lee's a fascinating guy. Um, did you ever see the Dragon of Bruce Lee story movie with Jason Yeah, that Kelly? was pretty good. It's really good. Um, unfortunately, though, I did find myself thinking of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh-huh. just because the guy who played Bruce Lee in Once Upon a Time, he did an amazing job getting his mannerisms and the way he talks down like perfectly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, if I had to grade it because it's a movie, I'd probably go 6.5, but I didn't like it that much. I would have preferred... I don't know. I would have preferred to see people like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and his wife talking about him than I suppose just sound bites. Anybody kills anybody, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I just that scene was was very good, but I didn't think it insulted Bruce Lee as much as it's a, it's a fictional it, story. It made him seem like a bit of a clown, which he definitely is not. <laughs> I mean, I just and we're talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood now, but uh, I just thought that. Without that scene, what happens at the end of the movie isn't yes. quite as believable that Brad Pitt can do some of that stuff. Yeah. So, but that movie's really good too, by the way. <laughs> Moving on to Fucking other movies hippies. that might not be that good, Six Underground. I don't even need to ask. I know this movie's pretty Yeah, shit. Six Underground. <laughs> the other night, Karen and I were just thinking of something to watch on Netflix, and we just wanted something kind of light. And you thought wrong, dude. Yeah. So this is this new mo- this movie. It's not. Super new. It came out maybe about six months ago. I'm trying to think. Uh, and it stars Ryan Reynolds. It's a Michael Bay movie that was came straight from Netflix. It's a big action movie, kind of like Fast and the Furious type thing. And the premise of Six Underground is Ryan Reynolds' character plays this former billionaire who had invented all kinds of crazy stuff, and uh, he'd made all kinds of money, and he faked his own death so that because he he found there were some people in the world that were you know different country's leaders and stuff like that they were really abusing their their power and stuff like that and some of these people needed to be taken out of power so he uses all of his bruce wayne money i guess that he's got he he fakes his own death and he recruits these other five other people that have various different skills and they're all kind of in the same kind of situation and they're trying to get out of something you know they've been in trouble for whatever and they've all faked their own deaths so there's no record of these people being alive anywhere and that's why the, the six of them that's why it's called six underground it's got some some fine people in it. I mean, it's you know, um, Melanie Laurent from uh, from Inglorious oh, Bastards yeah, is in okay. it. Um, she's like a former CIA operative. Um, the guy I can't think of his name. The Hispanic guy that was the one that was in um, 
the Magnificent Seven remake. You know the. I forget. Did you see the Magnificent Seven remake? I, I did see that. I don't remember um, the actor. He's he was really good. He's he plays like a former assassin. There's um. The, the guy that plays the, the drummer in Queen in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is in it, and he plays a guy that was a thief, and he's very much into the parkour type stuff. Dave Franco is a getaway driver. Um, there's this other girl who's a doctor. Um, not, not everybody kind of stays in the group, and then Corey Hawkins is like their their latest. Uh, he's the one that played uh, Dr. Dre in the um, Oh, in he's the good. Yeah, and he's been in a bunch of other stuff, and he's really good in it. I did hear that this movie had like a – I think it might be – if I remember right, a really great opening action sequence. Yes and no. It's it is a good. It's a very. It's a good car chase. But I mean, it's just the movie. I know you don't like Ryan Reynolds. This movie, and I know I know what it is about Ryan Reynolds that you don't like because he can be. There can be a little much Ryan Reynolds sometimes. That wasn't the problem with this. It was too much Michael Bay is what it was. <laughs> Which is why I stayed away from the movie. The movie like was way one. too long. First of all, I had the bad boys. It, at one point, it seemed like they were go. They've gone through so much stuff, and I was like, okay, it's got to be wrapping it up. And I just like paused it and see how much time was left. And it was like forty five minutes left in the Jesus. movie. And like I was like, this movie's still going on and on and on. Um, it had some good action in it, but some of the things that I didn't like, you know how like in a lot of Fast and the Furious movies, and they've kind of addressed it in like Avengers. When they have all of these crazy car chases, all that, you know there's going to be like some collateral damage, like sure. people out there. You never really see it in these movies. Avengers kind of addressed it, but I mean, you know, you never really see all this happen. In this, there's just like random people getting hit by cars and dying, and no one seems to care. And they even, just like wasn't even that, the good guys don't yeah, care. What well, was it in Bad Boys Two when they were throwing corpses in the middle yeah. of the street? And, and I mean, in the, in the opening car chase in the beginning, there's like people getting hit by cars and clearly just getting killed, and then um. One point, like Dave Franco's driving, and of course, the getaway car is gonna be this like lime green, like highlighter color, like car that they're trying to run through Italy that looks unlike any other car on the road, because that's how you do it. And um, there's like there's two two points <laughs> where that's how you do. Dave Franco's got to you know he's he's taking a really sharp turn, and after they've already run over a bunch of people, and they're like, oh baby, and there's like a there's like a um a pram or something a baby whatever and it's like goes in slow motion while they avoid that and a couple seconds later they're like oh no puppies and they, they do another slow motion thing to avoid the puppies it's like you just killed like five adults and that's okay <laughs> but all this and it was just I don't know there was just a lot of stuff about it that was just kind of dumb but it's I so mean, Michael Bay actually directed this? yeah Jesus Christ yeah and it was just so when you watch it it's, it's like it's a big music video that's all it is so Manuel Garcia Rolfo yes and he's I mean he I didn't was, have a problem uh, with any of the um, Murder on, on the Orient Express. He right. was, he was, and, and I never did see the second Sicario movie. But apparently, he was. In yeah, the he was. Yeah, uh, yeah. It has my favorite. I think the title first one was better of a movie the in the Day last of the Day of the Soldado. And uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't have, a, I didn't have a problem with anyone in the movie, anyone's performance. It was just, it's a popcorn movie, kind of like a Fast and the Furious thing, but it just, it goes on a little bit too long. It's way more violent. It's, it's a very hard R, like super violent. Lots of headshots and blood everywhere and. So in other oh, words, watch Extraction again. I yeah. was about to say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you're on Netflix, watch that one. Yeah. That's, uh, Extraction's much better. Well, I'd probably give it a 4.5. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, not the worst thing I've ever seen, but I mean, it just it goes on for way too long. Dinner's over, worm dudes. Now it's time to talk about... Deputy Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> the Bill and Ted trailer dropped. It did. Bill and Ted face the music. Today is Bill and Ted day. And tell us, Glenn, why is today Bill and Ted's... Well, today, not when the podcast episode comes out. Because it's 69, dude. It's June the 9th. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It was a... It's a teaser. Yeah. uh, So, my my three three words come to mind every time I see this, or I think about this movie, is is Bad Santa 2. 
see, there's not a good track record for a lot of those movies. This one I'm a little bit more optimistic about because the first movie is very different from the second movie. And the third, it's almost like Clerks. Mm-hmm. And I think this has a, a good chance because they're doing it where, like, yeah, these guys were supposed to do all this stuff and they never did. There's a there's an idea there. Yeah, so I, I think that that's a little bit. It gives me a little bit more promise. Bad Santa too is just like, can we go back to the well? Well, I no, mean, we well, can't. Well, and plus, the, the the release date of Bad Santa two and Bad Santa one wasn't that far off. This is what like what twenty nine years. I think Bad Santa two came out a good while after the first. But one. not not like this much. No, it was, no, it was no, no. It was about no. probably ten years. About ten years. Year. But the thing is, and what worries me is, I thought the trailer for Bad Santa two was hilarious. I thought it was. A surefire hit. This one, so Bill and Ted, I chuckled. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I so want it to be good so bad. I'm just worried. Yeah. The trailer looks good. It looks amusing. Dumb and Dumber Two had the same. Oh problem. God, that was another one. Jesus. Oh, that yeah. I think Dumb and Dumber Two were worse. Was worse than Bad Santa Two. Probably. I don't know. I mean, at least I chuckled a little bit more. I think. In Here's the, the thing. I would never. Ever go put either one of them on voluntarily? No, I, I wouldn't. Or either. you could do like, which I know some um, was it Zoolander two is so bad, no one even talks about the first one anymore. I never saw. The I am in the I, small I the major minority on that. I just didn't like Zoolander from the beginning. I told oh, you guys the first Zoolander is amazing. I mean, we always argued about that. I just I never got it. I just didn't. I mean, I I freely admit people love Zoolander, and yeah. I, I admit Anchorman's the same way. I, I did it for whatever reason. I didn't get Anchorman. I know that's a cult. He liked Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters Two is a bridge too far. We're not going to go into that again. But it's that's that's obvious. I always find that like Zoolander and Anchorman and Talladega Nights are all the same kind of humor, and you I, love I, Talladega I know, Nights. I don't get. I, I can't explain it. I'm well, a stupid person. Uh, but it's weird because I was the other way where I really liked Anchorman, and I really didn't. Talladega Nights just I, I don't know. Just some of the jokes didn't hit. I, I just I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. With Neither one of them are Step Brothers. <laughs> oh yes, oh, that is a Step classic. Brothers is. I think the other guys is is up there too. Maybe not as funny as Step Brothers. No, but, but it was it was amusing. Yeah, it was good. When was it? Was that the one at the beginning when Dwayne Johnson just jumps off the building? They, they, they both did. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they both just Because they, they think they can make it. What I. <laughs> 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 It's always random lines they give me from Step Brothers, though, and it's like being in prison on planet bullshit. <laughs> in the galaxy of this sucks, Gamble's dick. Yeah. <laughs> Holy Santa Claus shit. I think my favorite line in that whole movie is, I got a belly full of white dog crap in me, and you lay this shit on me now? <laughs> I don't know. I think Adam Scott's introduction. Oh, God. Might be the best introduction yeah, to the character. Yeah, you're, you're not going to lie. You're, you're not wrong there. <laughs> oh, good times. And now it is time to nominate this week's awesome villager. Gentlemen, who are your nominees and why? I'm going to nominate Brad Pitt because he's the shit and because yeah. I just saw Ad Astra. And he's got a – his performance in this movie is very un-Brad Pitt. There's no big moments you could point to that say, okay, this is the clip you air when he gets nominated for an Oscar. It's a very subdued, um, quiet performance. Um, I thought it was very well done by Brad Pitt. I mean, Did that movie come out the same year as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, I think so. I remember when it came out, it came out with some pretty big fanfare and just disappeared from theaters really quickly. Um, but I thought his performance was great, and, I mean, it's Brad Pitt. Just won an Oscar. So. Yeah. I'm going to nominate New Orleans Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas. Did you read the see? He yeah, just, I heard what he did. He, he, I'm just going to read this. He partnered with Rip Medical Debt and has made a donation that will wipe out approximately $2.3 million worth of medical debt for economically challenged families in the greater New Orleans area. That is amazing. That's pretty awesome. So, yeah. 
I'm going to nominate John Boyega. Um, we kind of stared away from what's going on in the world just yeah. because a lot of people listen to our show for an escape. But um, there's a lot of craziness going on. And John Boyega gave a speech at a rally in um, the UK that gave me chills. And when I'm watching it, I'm like, I mean, you know, Star Wars is just a silly kind of space movie that I like, but I'm like, it's Finn in real life kind of thing. Yeah. And I just think that the passion that he showed and the reaction that he got online after. Uh, the support of Lucasfilm. And- Lucasfilm, J.J. Abrams, everybody was backing him. Jordan Peele. And, I mean, that took a lot of guts to do what he did, to say what he did. And, I mean, I just, when, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I'm, that's what I'm nominating this week. So, I'm going with John Boyega. I'm going to nominate... Because whenever there's a reason to, we should, according to Ryan. I'm nominating Keanu Reeves (laughs) because Bill and Ted, and he's Keanu Reeves. I've also been hearing a lot about the potential for him to not even be playing Neo necessarily in the Matrix, but to be playing the one. Because there's been a bunch of ones. There's been all kinds of different things. But it's like you don't get... You don't get John Wick without him. Like I, I think anyone else in that role, I don't know if it would have been as yeah. good. And it's the same thing with these. He started with Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. To to be as this excited about that movie this many years. I'm later. gonna nominate Keanu. <laughs> okay. So, oh, which I guess we should put on the show. I always find it amusing at the end of Bill and Ted when they're giving, you know, they're doing their speech, and Abraham Lincoln comes out and he says four score and seven mm-hmm. minutes ago, and he starts saying. My new good friends, Bill and Ted, and their parents look so proud. Like, like, <laughs> like they think this that's actually, yeah, they, they, they're it's like, really they, Abraham, they, yeah. really Abraham Lincoln. And when, and when he says four score and seven minutes ago, that means eighty years and seven <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. Oh, this is a hard. You guys have both nominated people that have done phenomenal things. Just for the closest to New Orleans, I would normally lean towards my. But I gotta go for the internet. John Boyega. More with John Boyega. Um, you just heard me change my mind fifteen times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. These are all good choices. Um, what the hell? I'll, I'll go with Brad Pitt. Oh. I'm gonna go with John Boyega. There we go. John Boyega, please come hang out with us. Did, did you buddy didn't, buddy didn't vote. Well, I voted immediately. immediately. Oh, me neither. Oh. I forget him. I didn't even wait. I mean, I, and I'm upset oh. that you guys did not pick the same as me. He he yelled Keanu like Jose saying, kill you, dead." <laughs> <laughs> he sounded more like Wolf Ferrell saying, I love you, dead." Yeah. Can't believe you guys didn't pick Keanu. Well, well when... Um, I mean, there's going to be other opportunities. He's going to probably do something awesome next week. He's yeah. only been an awesome villager one time. I'm very upset about that. We need to give him a hat trick at least. I mean, the well, well, bare minimum. Had, had you nominated... <laughs> had you nominated... Him and Alex Winter as Wild Stallions together. Maybe I would have voted for him. That, that, we'll have to wait for them when the movie comes out. We'll nominate them as the Wild Stallions. <laughs> Be All excellent right. to each other. And party on, dudes! <laughs> I miss Rufus. Yeah. I like the character. <laughs> yeah. Listen to this dude, Rufus. He, he knows, knows what he's talking about. All right, well... Please remember there are many platforms on which you can find us. There is Anchor, there is Spotify, there is Apple Podcasts, and a couple more that have been added each day. I just need to learn all of them. But every time you listen to us, you do help us out. Um, please spread the word. Let more people know. Every listen to the Awesome Village. Yeah. Is, is, so you can get John Boyega on the show. Yeah, yeah there you and, go. and it's we're easy to find wherever you we listen are. to podcasts. I mean, this shit's not hard. Wherever you just type us in. Are sold. Type us into Google. We'll, we'll pop up. We got our own website. Yeah. This shit's legit, man. If you see us on the street, just yell at us. <laughs> Don't yell at me. We'll come talk to you. <laughs>
I won't. Well, maybe not, but Glenn will. John won't. Greg probably will. Ah, uh, yeah, probably will. All right. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say, "What's up, guy?" Oh, and keep walking. <laughs> hey there, guy. I'm not your buddy. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for us this week. This has been Greg, John, Glenn, Ryan. We will see you next week.